This is a Federal News Network podcast. Coming up on today's Federal Newscast, the Pentagon is looking into whether any of its vendors are dropping out due to the vaccine mandate. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin reminds members of the National Guard of their shot requirements. And a proposal in the House to set up a special inspector general for federal money given to states and cities. These stories and more in today's Federal Newscast. Welcome to today's episode of the Federal Newscast. I'm Eric White. The Defense Department is starting to gather data on whether the vaccination mandate for federal contractors is chasing away potential vendors. Starting next week, DOD is telling its components to start submitting weekly reports on how many contractors have refused to sign a contract clause to implement the vaccine requirement. DOD wants data on contracts worth more than $10 million or any refusals that will have a significant mission impact. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says National Guard members who refuse to get the COVID-19 vaccine are not eligible for Title 32 pay and will not be able to train. Guard members are legally obligated to drill, and the training accrues toward their federal benefits. The National Guard says about 70% of its members have at least one shot. However, those numbers could be skewed because some troops may have gotten the vaccine through a private provider. The Navy is out with its vaccination numbers and a high proportion of the force is in compliance. Federal News Network Scott Massioni reports. Active duty sailors were required to be fully vaccinated by November 28th. About 96% of them made that mark. The Navy says more than 97% of the force has at least one vaccine shot. The service did not grant exceptions to the COVID-19 vaccine mandate easily. Out of more than 2,500 requested religious accommodations, the Navy granted zero. The Marine Corps was equally as strict with its service members. Seven sailors were given medical exemptions from the vaccine. More than 500 others have temporary exemptions. Scott Massioni, Federal News Network. Agencies have a few new resources to help them surge federal hiring. The Office of Personnel Management is out with a new playbook and hiring authority guide. OPM says the resources are supposed to help agencies recruit more talent to implement the Infrastructure, Investment and Jobs Act. Agencies face more pressure to hire scientists, engineers, and others to support the new infrastructure law, but many already had hiring needs to fill vacancies from attrition and retirements. The federal government's underperforming internship program gets an overhaul in a new House bill. More on that from Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Legislation from Virginia Democrat Jerry Connolly would ensure federal interns get paid for their work. It also creates a new federal internship and fellowship center within the Office of Personnel Management. That center would be responsible for creating a centralized platform where students can find internships in government. The bill would also give successful interns credit to help them secure a permanent job in the competitive civil service. Nicola Grisco, Federal News Network. Special inspectors general already oversee U.S. efforts in Afghanistan and COVID-19 spending, but Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis is looking to create two special IG positions to monitor federal dollars that go to states and major cities. Maliotakis is introducing two bills that would create these positions, both modeled after the Special IG for Afghanistan Reconstruction Congress created in 2008. The Congresswoman cites agency IG reports detailing fraud, waste, and abuse of COVID-19 funds as the reason for creating these watchdog positions. 
The Social Security Administration successfully dealt with the dramatic increase in call volume during the pandemic. A new Inspector General report found that despite receiving 14 million more calls in 2020 than in 2019, SSA reduced wait times and the number of callers who received a busy message. Auditors found SSA used a combination of increased personnel and automated services to deal with the increase in volume. SSA hired 1,000 new employees in 2020. The agency is planning to merge its current telephone systems to further improve services. A slew of President Joe Biden's nominations are one step closer to confirmation. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more. The Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee is advancing the nomination of Laurel Blatchford to serve as the first permanent controller at the Office of Management and Budget in nearly five years. Blatchford previously served as the Chief of Staff for the Department of Housing and Urban Development. The committee is also advancing the nomination of Postal Regulatory Commission Chairman Michael Kubianda to serve a full six-year term and Eric Hooks to serve as Deputy FEMA Administrator. Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. A new federal advisory committee takes shape. Federal News Network's Justin Doubleday reports. What do a hacker, a bank executive, and a college professor all have in common? They're represented on the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency's new Cybersecurity Advisory Committee. CISA Director Jen Easterly announced the 23 inaugural members of the committee yesterday. They also include former Homeland Security officials, representatives from big tech firms, and other sectors of private industry. The committee will meet for the first time on December 10th. Justin Doubleday. Federal News Network. The Department of Veterans Affairs will resume deployment of its electronic health record in March. The VA hospital in Columbus, Ohio, will be the second go-live site. The department has tentative plans to roll out the new record to 10 other sites in 2022. A new leadership structure will attempt to get the massive multi-billion dollar project under control. VA is hiring Terry Adiram to serve as the program executive director of EHR modernization. Adiram comes from a career at the Defense Department. She'll manage the project's daily operations. A new deputy chief information officer for EHR will report to her. This time, DOD says it's for real and how it will manage electromagnetic spectrum. Federal News Network's Jason Miller explains why. The Defense Department's Chief Information Officer is reorganizing the office that manages electromagnetic spectrum. The revamped Electromagnetic Spectrum Enterprise Policy and Program Office will help run herd over 171 actions to implement the EMS superiority strategy released in 2020. The reorganized office will have deputy directors overseeing four of the five goals in the strategy through a working group approach that will include military services and defense agencies who are responsible for most of those 171 actions. Jason Miller, Federal News Network. And microelectronics are the focus of a new industrial advisory committee at the Commerce Department. Experts on the committee will provide commerce and other agencies with advice related to microelectronics research, development, manufacturing, and policy. The Biden administration says it wants to strengthen U.S. competitiveness in the global chip industry. Taiwan, South Korea, and China are also major players in that sector. Commerce is now recruiting candidates to serve on the new advisory committee. You can find more information about these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com. Search Federal Newscast and subscribe to the Federal Newscast on Podcast One or Apple Podcasts. I'm Eric White.
connect with a carpool or vanpool. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others that live and work near or at the same place as you. Prefer taking the bus or train? There's never been a better time to reconnect with transit. Plus, you have the added comfort of knowing Guaranteed Ride Home is there for any unexpected emergency for free. For more options, visit commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. Some restrictions apply.